Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 15 of the Quality Control Show. As always, it's your hosts, Solomon and Zach. And Zach, what will we have the pleasure of discussing today? Today, we're going to be talking about Vinland Saga, a new anime that's come out recently that we've both really enjoyed. It's full of Vikings and adventure, and we're excited to talk about it. I am excited to talk about <laughs> Ashalad. <laughs> yeah, so I found this show a while ago, and uh, I watched it and I loved it. And so I recommended it to Solomon, and now I think I've changed his life. Look, I'm not going to pussyfoot around, okay? Ashalad is the greatest <laughs> anime character ever written and brought to the to a screen adaptation. He is brilliant. <laughs> it is poetry in motion. It shifts the paradigm of what can be done with these kinds of characters in the anime genre. It is brilliant. It is a symphony of character creation. I am telling you, it is amazing. So you can tell Solomon likes the show. Um, Parts of it hit and miss, but Ashalad <laughs> is, um, is the show for me. Yeah, exactly. I'm just glad I finally found something that just hits you at your core. It is brilliant. <laughs> like whoever wrote this character is a genius. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, well, for those that you don't know, this show is about Vikings and it's about it's a, a revenge story about a kid whose dad gets murdered and it's about him trying to get revenge on his killer. Unlike That's a what lot it of, is. Unlike a lot of the media that we see today, it's actually a good revenge story. Yeah. So it can be done. <laughs> it, this show proves that revenge stories can be done. And even though revenge stories are kind of basic. Also, I was certainly on the fence about the idea of an anime adaptation of Vikings. But let me tell you, this shit just works. It, it yeah. works really well. Um, like the fights in it are great. Yeah, the exactly. The fights are crazy. And I was I, I was thinking they were gonna have some trouble like capturing the Viking, I don't know how to call it, like culture and just the general savage vibe. Yeah. Through like because anime tropes typically are not like that. They're lighter hearted. They're a little bit lighter. But not this is heavy. <laughs> this is a little heavy. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's another one of those shows that doesn't have crazy powers or crazy like monsters or anything wild. Thorkel's just... pretty close, but but yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's no crazy power. It's more just exaggerated. Yeah, you're yeah, like your protagonist isn't nuking a city in his <laughs> fight. Like the craziest thing you see are like big beefy men throwing pieces of wood at each other. <laughs> but it yeah, looks exactly. cool. Yeah. And one thing that I didn't realize like the show is going to be about is <clears throat> it's like rooted in history or like, mm -hmm. yeah, like, like the loose, like legends and annals of history, because as we know, the Vikings were not exactly the most advanced. So they didn't really <clears throat> record their own history very well. So this is kind of like based off of stories and speculations and stuff like that. Right, like the old Viking sagas and but it's, poems and things like yeah, that. Yeah, like legends they had of each other. And, but <clears> it's like rooted in stuff we know happened. And so like the the meat of the story takes place when the Vikings are invading England, which we know happened. Yeah, like, which is the big plot points are real. Yeah, like like a lot of the big characters are real too. Yeah, which is cool. Which is really cool. Cool to learn about and find out about. Um, so... Let's get this started by talking about our main character, Thorfinn. Yeah, how, how we kick that off. <clears throat> and I'm just going to start off with a little preface here. This show is great, but Thorfinn's like my least favorite character in the show. Yeah. Well, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Thorfinn is <clears throat> the kid 
who we follow throughout this whole story. Yeah. Um, and his he's a very simple character because the story is themed around revenge. He's just a conduit for revenge. That's his character. Right. He ex- yeah, exactly. It's his whole life. So as we progress through the story, we found out that Solomon's favorite character, Ascalado, Ascalad, has murdered Thorfinn's father. Yeah. For money. So and Thorfinn's father is a really interesting character too, because as the story starts out, it's like Thorfinn and his family are living in Iceland, which got me confused because I thought the Vikings. Okay. So the whole idea is Iceland is super shitty. Thorfinn and his family are like, Oh my God, why do we live here? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, the- like people are freezing to death in the winter. Like there's gotta be a better <clears throat> place to live. Yeah. Um, but I thought like historically, wasn't Iceland the nice place and Greenland was the shitty place? Like, didn't the Vikings flip-flop? Yeah, I'm not names? completely sure about that. But I would assume that the maybe the Vikings really knew which was which. No, so or maybe that switch was made later. Maybe to them it was Iceland, but they told people it was Greenland. Yeah. And I also don't know, like, when that was yeah, yeah, solidified. Yeah. That's a good sense. point, yeah. But, um... You know what? Talking about Thorfinn's dad, he, you know who you reminded me of? Who? Ned Stark. Yeah, he was like a lot your, like that. Your ideal warrior, who is trying to live like an honest and honorable life, like he does, and then gets wrapped up in this shit. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Because Thorfinn's dad, as we find Thors. out, Thors. <laughs> we find out that because <clears throat> the whole idea is like, oh, he's just this. He's a he's a simple man. He's just living a life. He can understand. And we actually find out, nah, he used to be a, a Jomes Viking, which are like the best Danish Vikings. They're like Viking special forces who work mm-hmm. for the king. Talking about how the king can't even collect taxes from these motherfuckers because they're so bad. Yeah. And Thor's was like the best of them. Mm-hmm. Just, just a monster on the battlefield. He's got a nickname. He's the troll of Jomes. <laughs> He's yeah. crazy. He's this big, beefy, crazy man. Um, but he abandons the army. Cause he's not, cause he's, he's a peaceful man now. He doesn't want to do all that. Right. And so basically the way Thor's dies is Ashalad mm-hmm. <laughs> pulls up. Ashalad is paid by Thor's old boss basically to, to off him. Cause his boss is like, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. That man is a monster. Yeah, exactly. So he pays, he pays these, these Viking mercenary pirate guys to do it for him. And through some cunning and some dishonest gameplay they end up killing him right um and so that is like thor thorfinn's whole character because he's like i'm going to kill these fuckers who killed my dad that's mm-hmm. his thing that's his only thing yeah right. and so what happens is they get thor's and his thorfinn and his dad get ambushed while they're out by askeladd and then askeladd kills thor's and so then Thorfinn decides to hang around with Askeladd because he wants to get his revenge on him. Yeah, because they're they're with some other people, um, like Thor and Thorfinn, or with some other guys, and they get to go, they get to leave with their ship, but Thorfinn like stows away mm-hmm. with these guys because he's super pissed. Exactly. And so his whole thing is like, I'm gonna kill him. Um, one of the things that, and everyone knows, I'm gonna bring up The Last of Us. Because I have to. I feel legally obligated <laughs> at you, this point. Have we brought up The Last of Us, like, I think the last three episodes, maybe? Look, it it is a pinnacle this of shit. Like Zach's... And it is, it is like the bar for the worst thing ever and how <laughs> everything else can do it better. So, for example, here you have your revenge story. 
And I, I get it because The Last of Us is just the worst version of a revenge story. And yeah. That's what this is. Like, this is a revenge story. So. But here, what I think is so interesting is that you get the two people who are at odds. So you have Thorfinn and Askeladd, but the whole story has them together. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see their relationship and how they talk to each other. It's a really interesting relationship. And that's the thing that's that makes it so interesting. You see how Thorfinn has to deal with Askeladd's bullshit, yeah. even though he wants to kill him. Because Thorfinn's whole thing is he's trying to like, he wants to, he doesn't just want to like kill Ashalad in his sleep. He wants to kill him in a duel. It because his, be man, like this official or his father was an honorable man. Yeah. So... He is, so obviously the first time he challenges Ashla to a duel, he gets he gets worked. There's no chance because he's so young. Mm-hmm. And then you see like Thorfinn hanging around these pirates, and like Thorfinn never really <laughs> embraces these people ever throughout the show as mm-hmm. like friends or family. But you definitely see them begin to respect him because he <laughs> grows into this monster. Yeah, but um, that's like his whole thing. Like Ashlad knows Thorfinn wants to kill him, but it has to be through a duel. And with Viking society, you can't just be like, put him up, let's go. It's like both sides have to agree and have a person watching and everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's very formal. And so Ashalad is using this <clears throat> to his advantage. To Thorfinn, manipulate Thorfinn. Because Thorfinn is a very useful tool to him. So he's like, Thorfinn, if you go over there and kill that big bad dude that is in our way, I'll give you a duel. Thorfinn Thorfinn is going to go do it. He's going to figure out how to do it. And so Ashalad is using this. And that's kind of Ashalad. Ashalad is 10 trillion IQ. He is super smart throughout the show because he's the perfect character. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. um, But he makes this point later, which is just so profound, where he's like, he's talking to uncle Bjorn. Right. <laughs> and we'll he's get like, to him later. Everyone is a slave to something and you just have to find out what they're a slave to and you can control them. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the irony because his Ashalot's brother is, um, or uncle brother or uncle is like a slave to money. And he was yeah. beating a slave because Vikings were, they just love slaves, man. They had a lot of slaves. And then he was like, is it's ironic that this man who was a slave to his own money is beating a slave. He bought with his money exactly and then he also brings up the point that like thorfinn is a slave to his conquest for revenge and mm-hmm. so he's using <clears throat> that against him yeah and it's ashla Askelod really brings out the like he really just puts it into point of how bad revenge is because all the time you hear about oh revenge revenge is bad for you don't do revenge but then sometimes you're thinking like okay revenge would be kind of nice yeah and in some of these stories uh revenge is seems like the best thing yeah but it does such a this show does such a this show does such a good job at showing and portraying how revenge is terrible yeah and And what it can do to you and how you can lose your life and how like what you were talking about become a slave to it yeah because i think there's a lot of shows and movies where you your main because this is this is standard the revenge template in a show or any form of media is standard and the whole time you've got people saying it's not worth it. The revenge isn't worth it. They don't really show you why it's not worth it. They just say it. Yeah. And so you, I, as the audience have never really been convinced. Cause I'm just like, you know, that's not, that seemed kind of worth it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh-huh. if someone killed my dad, I'm, they're going to get it. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. You know? But we, this show shows us why revenge cannot necessarily be worth it. I think that's probably my biggest pro for this show. 
mm-hmm. if I was to like just put it down simply, is that it convinced me why revenge is bad. And I think it's not easy to do, first of all, to have such a well thought out story that can portray that. Yeah. No, so that I this totally one does agree. it, it's like, wow. That it seems like impactful. we shouldn't have waited this long to get that, but yeah, exactly. This is the this is how it was delivered. I would definitely say my greatest pro for the show is Ashala. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. love that. Oh movie. yeah. No, okay. But he's an amazing character. And we're gonna break it down a little bit more, but I mean Zach, you, you got to back me up here because I sound like I'm fanboy. No, and no, I he am, is he is he's great. A, he's fantastic. He really is like this, like the most complex character I've ever seen mm-hmm. in a show. I he's think. he's very he's very interesting, and he's he's really the person that keeps you going through the season. Because that's the thing, you've got characters who definitely change in the show. Some of them get better, and they begin to like pick up some of their weight later on. But yeah. I would definitely say, like in the formative episodes of this show like he was the character that I was watching it for. Right. I was really interested in what was going on with him. That is one thing is that I think the show starts out really weak. Yeah. I think they're like the first two or three episodes. It's slow. It's, it's got a slow start because yeah. the way the show works is it, it kind of sets everyone up in this one note way. Mm-hmm. So you have like Askeladd seems like your typical mercenary. You have Bjorn who is your typical like he comes off as a meathead because the first time we see him, he's just eating these berserker shrooms and going crazy. Yeah. You have the priest who's just getting drunk as fuck all day and mm-hmm. like not talking to anyone. You have Thorfinn who's just his whole character's revenge. He barely knows how to formulate a coherent sentence because <laughs> all he does is fight. You have Thor who's just the, the perfect ideal man basically. Right. Like he's, and but you learn more about him later too, and like what he went through exactly. to leave the Yorms Vikings. So, yeah, and this is something not to steal Zach's thunder, but this is what he was telling me before, which I thought was a really good way to look at it. it. Was like the show sets up all these characters with kind of like their one note stereotypical beginnings, but unlike most shows, it keeps developing them. Right, and so we think we know something about this character. We're like, all right, that's their thing. That's what makes the character. No wrong. They actually did this, this and this, and this is why they're like that. It's like, Oh shit. It makes them way more interesting. That's really interesting. Almost like they're a real person. Yeah. It's really well done. I think my favorite example is Bjorn because Mm -hmm. he, Bjorn is great. You, you fucking hate him in the beginning of the show because you just think he's this meathead. And like Thor basically beats Bjorn's ass because he's unstoppable. Even while he's on the mushrooms. But then Bjorn, the way they end up killing Thor is Bjorn grabs little baby um, Thorfinn. Thorfinn and puts a knife to his throat. And that's where things begin to go downhill for Thor because he can't just do whatever he wants to kick ass because now his son's about to die. So that's kind of how they get him. But um, so, yeah, you look at Bjorn do that and you're like, dude, this guy is just a piece of shit. He's just a dirty Viking pirate. I don't really care about him. Mm-hmm. But honestly... Bjorn says some profound shit in this show. Yeah. Whenever Bjorn's not on the shrooms, he's like actually really reflective on his life. And he's very wise. And you see why Askeladd keeps him around. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So like a lot of characters, when they're one note, you think like, oh, why would they be hanging out with each other? Mm -hmm. Or like, why do they even have a relationship? But when you see Bjorn and Askeladd talking over the campfire about like their lives and their futures you really understand why they stick around right right it it's great because 
you see these mercenaries kill the main character's dad. And the last thing you expect is to stick with these mercenaries for the whole rest of and the show. And end up liking them. And you end up liking a lot of them. It's brilliant. And just to jump ahead, I, spoilers, obviously, I guess it's kind of late to say that, but like jumping ahead to when Bjorn's death and like his duel with Askeladd, yeah. it's like, it is amazing how much I feel for him. Dude, I was sad. By the end. I was like, actually sad. When you start off with this stupid meathead and then you end up with like losing someone who was actually like wise mm-hmm. and like you wanted to hear more from. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me. To me, this scene as a whole, I think like when you're trying to like capture the audience's emotions was perfect. Yeah. Because like obviously the score in this show is great. So that was that was crescendoing in the background, <laughs> which was amazing. But then you got so the, the whole idea is um, Oscar was in a tough spot and there's a mutiny within the group. And so the only people who stick with Ashalot is Bjorn because Bjorn's a real one and Thorfinn because no one's killing Ashalot but Thorfinn. Right. Um, and so basically Bjorn gets hurt and he's dying. He's dying that slow death. <laughs> and that's not how Vikings are supposed to go out. They're supposed to go out in the heat of battle. So he basically asks Ashalot to be like, hey man, you got to kill me in a duel. You know, mm-hmm. like put me out of my misery, but also make sure I go to Valhalla. Right. And like Ashlad at this point in the show, you find out that he's he's half Dane. He's not a full Dane. Mm-hmm. He's half Celt. And he hates the Dane. Like this man hates, hates the, the Danes. Danes. <laughs> and so, like the when there's a mutiny and all of his uh all of his Viking, you know, crew, they're like reluctant because they're like, look, we really like you, man. We'll let you go. Just give us Canute the prince because like we gotta give him to the to the other side. <laughs> and Ascalot is like, you dirty fucking Danes are talking to me. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I know you he's like, every time that you thought I liked you guys, I actually despise you. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, holy shit. So you have this character in Bjorn, and Ashlot drives him through, and Bjorn's like grabbing him by the shirt, and he's like, uh, he's like, I always looked up to you, like I never realized that you hated me. Um, and then he was like, I just wanted to be your friend. And then Ashalaj is just like, you were my only friend. It was just <laughs> amazing the yeah, way it was done. Exactly. Like, and it's just like the depth, these characters, the depth of these characters, like the Mariana trench just keeps going. They're so deep. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the whole thing, right? You want to have your payoff where you have that moment, like you're talking about, but it t- you have to put in the effort and you have to, have some sort of talent for writing mm-hmm. to make you care for these two. Yeah. If they had stayed one note mercenary and one note shroom guy, yeah, just no one would care. Yeah, exactly. But that's the whole point is like you get to explore all these characters. Yeah. They've, they've developed and, and bloomed like a flower in the spring. Like you get to see all of it, you know, yeah. you see every part of these characters and they're really multifaceted, which is fascinating. Well, another thing is that like, I feel like, especially how I feel with Marvel right now and a lot of these big shows is that you don't need these world ending stakes. You don't need these huge cataclysms going on to have big moments. Mm -hmm. You can just have two friends dueling. Honestly, like, yeah, like character development that ends in some kind of terminus can be like the most rewarding part of a show. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the world's going to explode if we don't do this. Like it can be, I, I think it's more, I think it's more impactful. 
you know. It's definitely more personal because you can yeah. relate. I can't yeah. relate to Black Widow flying Mach 7 yeah. out of the sky or whatever. But if Zach, if Zach drove me through with a sword, I'd probably feel like how everyone <laughs> was feeling, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, I get that, you know? Yeah. I think that's another really big pro for the show is that the characters are all and in some way understandable mm-hmm. and relatable yeah i totally agree. so you can you could even like insert yourself in there mm-hmm. and and understand where they're coming from when they make the yeah. decisions that they do like i would say canute was really hard to relate to yeah but then yeah. as he develops he becomes a really good character mm-hmm. um canute is kind of like the the introduction of some logical thinking <laughs> to these savages who right. were the vikings i think like the only character that's hard to relate to is thorfinn a little bit so right off the bat that's probably my biggest criticism of the show and it's hard to criticize because that's kind of the point like yeah. thorfinn is consumed by revenge that's the only thing about his character i mean he's just he's just a dick and all, <laughs> yeah. and all he wants to do is kill ashalad like this dude eats drinks shits and thinks about killing Ashala. That's all he does. Right. And but I, but on the other hand, that's like the point because like this revenge has just made him this plainer character mm-hmm. with no depth to him because that's his whole life. Yeah. So on the other hand, I get it. But I, as like your protagonist, it's not very enjoyable. So it's really it works because the other characters really pick up. Well, this that's life. what I was gonna say is that I think it's a good example of a character who's one note, but I don't think a character being simple is a is it doesn't have to be a problem. Yeah. Cause you can see, you can have characters like, like even um, like Captain America, for example, he's pretty basic, Yeah. but it's, it's more of just like the situations you put them in and like how other characters respond mm-hmm. where it can make it more interesting. Yeah. So like Thorfinn himself doesn't have to be super interesting, but when he ends up not being able to get his revenge in the end or like him and his conversations with leaf yeah. are super interesting to me. Yeah. Even though he's basic. Yeah. The fact that he's That's how I look fallen at it. this far. Yeah. yeah. One I think like the thing that I I really enjoy with Thorfinn was like um Thorfinn throughout the show is dueling Ashalad and continuously losing because mm-hmm. Ashalad is not only a phenomenal fighter, but he's also really intelligent and he knows how to get in his opponent's head. And he tells he tells Thorfinn every time, like, dude you're never going to beat me if you keep getting pissed and frustrated. You, you, Thorman has like profoundly small emotional intelligence in the show. <laughs> yeah. And so as, um, as he's fighting his last duel with Ashalad, you really like the whole time you're like, he's getting closer. He's getting closer. He's going to get him. Mm-hmm. And then the last fight, you're like, maybe he's going to get him. And Ashalad throws his sword to the side and beats Thorfinn with his bare hands. Yeah. And he's like, the reason that you always lose against me isn't because you don't know how to fight. It's because you're an idiot. Yeah, you're a fucking dummy. Yeah. And you won't use your brain. Yeah, like you fight like an idiot. And it's just like, dude, it's been 11 years. Thorfinn's never going to beat this guy. Exactly. You know? And you realize like, damn, Thorfinn, you're not even close. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you will never beat him. You're never going to beat him. And this is mm-hmm. your whole life. It's not going to happen, man. And so you realize like, okay, like... Even um, even Ashalad is cognizant that like Thorfinn's never going to beat him now. You know? Right. He just knows how to get in his head. Like Thorfinn is well, an idiot. I mean, that's that's the whole point where it's like you get consumed by revenge. You can't even get what you, you may want. Not even get it. Yeah. 
you're so consumed you can't even get your revenge mm-hmm. you, so you can't even get anything out yeah of this. you're so consumed with revenge that it's stopping you from getting to revenge because you're so angry all the time you can't even fight like a yeah. human you're like a feral raccoon defending <laughs> its dumpster like holy shit man yeah exactly you're crazy um another thing that is really weird about this show but i loved it was how many deep conversations it had about like different things like religion and love and what it and what it even means to be like a warrior uh-huh like all these really deep topics that Super you wouldn't deep. think that the show would get into because it's just i mean really it's just about vikings beating each other over the head yeah but then you have these whole episodes about love and what it means to be a slave to something else and yeah. something like stuff like that yeah it introduces some really deep topics and it's just like you're just watching the show to see Vikings cut each other in half, and you're like, "Am I really? Am I really witnessing this right now?" But yeah, I mean, it gets into some deep-rooted, like, um, like why the like why the Vikings struggled with like the uh, mentality of Christianity, how Christian how Christians in England struggled with these barbarians just cutting them down, you know? Yeah, that's like, one of my favorite episodes is when. Askeladd and the and the squad have to go to that village during the the winter storm. Yeah. And like the religious the Christians of the group are realizing just like the horrors that God isn't stopping. Yeah. And things like that and it really pushes like their the faith free, to the, the limit. Like the priest is like running into the cities telling these people to run as the Vikings are just cutting these families down and taking yeah. all their shit. And it is brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you see like Canute who's a Christian as well as like the priest and they're just like really struggling with this kind of stuff because it's like the horrors of war you yeah know? and it's just like man that is it was fucking I, I brutal i didn't think we were gonna be stepping into these waters <laughs> but yeah but it, it's what makes the show so great you know it doesn't shy away from these kinds of conversations yeah i think the priest's conversations about love was some of the greatest things like yeah. when he's talking to the vikings and the vikings were like well i love beer or some stupid shit because vikings are stupid yeah it's like i love beer and it's like the way that how or how extreme you can take christianity and its idea of loving something or one another mm-hmm. it's like do you love it or are you being like greedy and is it is that actually a sin to right. love something too much to love something, something like to the that. point where you stunt its growth like that's one of the things it talks about because canute is is one of the two princes that supposedly has a chance to inherit this danish viking kingdom right but canute's growth canute can like can he in the beginning of the show, he can't speak for himself. He can't stand up for himself just because like his uncle who was charged with raising him was so soft on him and didn't expose him to any of the realities of this. So just horrible, harsh world they live in. Yeah. And so Canute's talking to the, to the priest and he's like, um, the priest is like, you know, your uncle, you're like this cause of your uncle. And he's like, you know, don't talk shit about my uncle. He loves me. You know, he did this. And the priest said, did your uncle really love you? Because if he loved you, he would have made sure you were ready to face this world. Right. But instead he coddled you. And so he's like, is that really love? And then you <laughs> yeah. get into this whole thing. It's like, is that, is it, is it being possessive? Is it love? Is that a sin? If you love something, but you, you stifle it, it's. If you love something too much, it becomes a sin. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Like you never even think about that mm-hmm. and how, what that can mean. Yeah. It's really interesting. The show does not pull punches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I also just thought it was funny. I was like, 
the Vikings are so stupid. They're like, yeah, well, they Thor. don't get it. Like, yeah. like, yeah, Thor could beat Jesus in a fight. Dude, yeah, yeah, they were like, what makes, yeah, like, what makes Jesus better than our gods? And the priest is talking about love and stuff. It's like, could he beat Thor? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, put him in the, put him in the put rumble. Him in the, put him in the octagon. See how <laughs> With he Odin. Does. See what the fuck happens. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. Yeah, you can't really get through to these guys. Yeah. I, yeah, the Vikings are dumb. Well, that, I think it's another good point to show, like, the Viking culture and how different it is and why they see Christians and, like, the people, like, Brit Brits as yeah. these, like, weak people. Because being strong is the only thing these guys care yeah. about. They want to be perceived as strong. They want to die looking strong. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just all about being strong. Like, even the kids in the village at the beginning, they're like, oh, I can't wait to go to war and just show off how strong I am. Yeah, like, I can't, oh, I can't wait to kill people. Like, I this just, is what I was born for. Yeah, it's just like, dude, the, the horrors that you're about <laughs> to witness. I know, right? Yeah. And that's what makes... um I think that also cemented how interesting Thorfinn's dad was because like in this culture that only cares about like how good you are at killing people basically. Mm -hmm. And Thor's was the best. He's, he said, nah, right. That, that he, he came to that point in his life where he realized like, that's not the most important thing, you know? Yeah. I also really love the moment that they have when the priest finds out about Thor's. And so the Vikings were talking about how great Thor's is, how great of a warrior he was, and how he would fight them barehanded because he didn't want to kill anyone. And the priest like breaks down crying because he feel he feels like he's he's finally found like the true ideal warrior, mm -hmm. and like in in their someone in that Christian still, ideal, someone who's still fighting but loves his opponents enough to not kill them. Even yeah, though they're just trying to fuck him over basically. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. And also how uh, at the same time, Thorkel, who we haven't really talked about, used to fight with Thors in the, in the, as the Yorms Vikings, and they would just slaughter all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And so Thorkel is your big meathead. But at the same time, <laughs> I love Thorkel. Thorkel's cool. <laughs> at the same yeah. time, he's also trying to find out what the true warrior is. Yeah. And he's like asking Thorfinn, because Thorfinn says his dad knew and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Thorkel doesn't realize what it means. And he just doesn't understand what Thor's was going through and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he, he has a hard time understanding why you wouldn't want to kill people. Is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this is a really good time to bring the magnifying glass onto Thorkel too. Cause he's a really interesting character, but also just, he's really cool. Like Thorkel is a man who only cares about the fight. He's not interested in he's not interested in how he gets there. Yeah. But he just wants to kill people. Mm -hmm. And like he wants to be tested in battle is this whole thing. And Thorkel is does not start off as the kind of character that our protagonists are happy about because he actually joins the other side. Mm -hmm. but he joins the losing English side because he thinks it'll be more challenging for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the mentality this man has. Yeah. But also on top of that, he is an absolute scourge on the battlefield. He's a beast. He's he, first of all, at least in the show, he is huge. He's like three times the size of like every other character. Yeah. And his strength is obvious. So Thorkel was a real person, like historically, but obviously his strength and everything is probably 
exaggerated in the show. Well, I think all the fights. All are. the fights are going to be exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in anime fashion, but like in a sh- in the context of the show, Thorkel is like dropping pylons on boats and like throwing spears like a mile away <laughs> and like killing three people with it. Yeah, like it's collateral. Them. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Like how strong he is in this portrayal of the universe and um but like his whole thing is he's trying to figure out what makes a real warrior but this man is really good at killing (laughs) yeah exactly um but he also really likes thorfinn because thorfinn is the only character that ever like gives him a run for his money in Mm -hmm. a fight so that's pretty cool yeah well that's how he gains his respect is by how you fight Mm -hmm. and if you fight like for example the guy he turns brain dead yeah by just looking at him this guy's so terrified of fighting Thorkel that he literally turns brain dead. Yeah, Thorkel's crazy. He's like in these fight scenes, he's like cutting five people in half at once. Yeah. And he has no he has no tolerance for people who don't have a warrior mentality. So there's that part of the show where Ashalod's men betray him and they go to Thorkel saying, Hey man, we're we're on your side now. And Thorkel's first Thorkel was on his was, in Thorgal's mind, he's on his way to a birthday party because he knows there's a there's supposed to be a fight at the end of this. And then when he gets there and Ashalod's men are trying to throw in the towel and join Thorkel, he's not happy about that. He and forces the fight. He forces the fight and just says, kill them. Make sure they pick up their weapons and fight back, but we're killing them. <laughs> yeah. you know? And so it's really interesting to see Thorkel be like that for most of the show. But towards the end, we see a Thorkel who maybe has a... Yeah, a grasp of the bigger picture. Yeah, he's not a complete idiot is the whole thing. Yeah. Is that like he does understand what's going on mm-hmm. and the part he plays. He just loves to fight. He just he just loves killing. But he also knows at the same time when it's not his time yeah, to fight. Exactly. At the end. So one thing about this show that I think is amazing is the art style. Oh yes. It looks really good. And let's talk about let's talk about this show like kind of how it structures its seasons. And I think like similarly as Jujutsu Kaisen versus your typical Shonen like season. Long style. So so this show is only 24 episodes and basically every episode's a banger. Even the build-up episodes are pretty good. Yeah. And then you've got like your typical run-of-the-mill anime. Let's talk about like Naruto, One Piece, those shows where there's actually like over a thousand episodes to get through <laughs> yeah. these shows. And most of it is bad. There's, most of it is terrible. Yeah. I'm currently watching Naruto with one of my roommates. Boruto? Or, yeah, Boruto. And it is awful. It is, it is terrible because most of the episodes are filler. Mm-hmm. And I think... Like this, you have to trudge through the bad to get to the good. Yeah. So I first thought this with Jujutsu Kaisen because that progression is so good. And then I think Vinland Saga is just more proof that I think this is the direction like anime should be going. They should be going for these smaller these shorter form factor seasons mm-hmm. that prioritize quality over quantity. Right. Because they're it's always gonna be better. Each episode's just gorgeous. There isn't and a, there's always yeah. something happening that you are interested in. Even if there's not some crazy fight, I mean the the animation and the art and like the landscapes, it all just looks so good. Yes. You know? I loved it. I thought the color schemes of this show were really they're good. They're all like all these so many shots are like wallpaper material. Yeah. Like, especially when they show like Vinland. It is like art. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it is like straight up art. art. Yeah. So that's something about this show that I think just shines. And it even shows like, I mean, the, the, 
the animators of the show were just going so hard. There was a there's shots of like the aftermath of battles where like all of these dead, bloodied bodies are strewn across these snow covered fields or grassy plains, and like it like it's beautiful but also like horrifying. Yes. Like you see like a decapitated body sitting next to this beautiful landscape and it's just really beautifully captured. Mm -hmm. And it does that throughout the show. I just think it's worth mentioning because every shot of this show. Well, it's definitely a huge plus because it just looks so good. You just want to keep watching more Mm -hmm. and just see more of this art style. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, you just compare that to the art style of I'm using Boruto as an example because I'm deep in the trenches with the show and it is yeah. it is so far just been not worth it. And it's like, man, I know like this is what the future could be. Every episode does something. It's nice. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about this before the show on how the focus on not just anime, but also like like your Marvel shows, for example, is it's it's a lot um like the roadmap is a lot shorter mm-hmm. so you can really like hone in on quality because yeah. like even though Solomon and I hate these Marvel shows they all look great and the quality is there and they're all like movie production quality and everything like that yeah and so you get this like really high quality these really high quality looking episodes mm-hmm. and you also at the same time don't have to deal with any filler Mm-hmm. Where you feel like you're wasting your time. And you also, yeah, and you don't have to dedicate tons of hours to get mm-hmm. through the content. I mean, you know, I've got friends who are like, hey, should I watch Naruto? And it's like, oh, I don't know. Do you have like two years that you can spare? <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? It's just like, dude, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to dedicate this significant chunk of your life to watch this show. So it's nice when you can just compact it into a quality 24 episode. Yeah. I'm glad TV and, is an old thing. Yeah, me and too. And now we're on the streaming services. Yeah. And like, I think like the Marvel shows are an example. So like, assuming you can write, which the people who wrote the Marvel shows can't, um, and then <laughs> you still have that production quality. You have a you have the formula for a great show. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's where <clears throat> anime is heading, and I love it. I'm all for it. Oh yeah, I'm all for it too. Yeah. Um, one criticism I have about this show was I felt like. So just to set it up, so Canute is set up as your ba- like a your sheltered kid who hasn't seen life for what it is, mm-hmm. and I feel like his switch to being this commanding prince like was very switch or yeah. yeah, very very quick. Yeah, and I understand. Kind of just figures it out. Yeah, well, like that's the thing is that I there's like a whole episode dedicated to it, and it's about him and the priest talking about love. And what was the, what is the meaning of all this with God? And Canute decides that he is going to make heaven on earth without God to mm-hmm. prove to God they don't need they, him. Yeah, they don't need him. That's right. Yeah, that's his whole thing. And that's his whole thing. But my problem is it's such a dramatic switch from this kid who has no no knowledge of anything, who's it's, just been sheltered his whole life, to this commanding presence. It's very anime. Yeah, I think I think that's my biggest criticism because I like Canute. Mm-hmm. I like the transformation that he had. I think it was just too quick. I completely agree, and that's I'm glad you brought that up because I thought that too as I was watching it, but I had kind of forgotten. 
But I totally agree with you. Because it it's really like, is like someone hits a switch. It's like, I don't know what episode. But let's say, for example, like episode 15, Canute is this sheltered child who barely talks and doesn't do anything. anything for you, you skip like the next episode. And if you hopped into episode 17, completely different. He's like Commander Irwin. He's yeah. like galvanizing these troops and leading them to fulfill his agenda. And having these like big brain plans to it's overthrow like, dude, the king. There, there was no... There was no warm-up phase. This dude just decided, I'm going to start handling this. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's almost like he just decided to be different. Yeah. It's like, okay, I kind of get that because that's what they were going for. But that's just not how... Like, he wouldn't have any experience on leading men. Exactly. Or dealing like with these situations. He's traumatizing, stunted youth. You, you can't just decide to throw that on the back burner and just decide to handle it. You know? Yeah. It's like I understand what they were going for, but I... That is a moment where I felt like we needed more time. I agree. And I think I think the show overall had time. Like they could have started that transformation earlier on. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. They could have Just started a little it, differently. They could have started it in like Wales and then developed it up until that point where he's Yeah, and that would have felt yeah, a lot better. I think so. Because I think I think there was room for that in Wales. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like all the pieces were there, they were just shunted together. Yeah. Because yeah. like you have his so Askeladd kills his uncle, Canute's uncle, to, in a way to manipulate Canute to become this this commanding he force. Knew, he knows he has to kill his coddling uncle so that Canute can develop without him. Which makes sense, and I like that. I think it's really smart. Yeah, it's cool, dude. That's the thing with Askeladd is you go through the show. It's like I like this character, but he's he a piece some, of shit. He does some shitty things for like the, a greater good. It's <laughs> yeah. it's real. It makes it more interesting. Man. It makes it super interesting. But because yeah. he definitely murders civilians all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That has to be said. Oh yeah. <laughs> he kills a ton of civilians. Like he hates the Danes. <laughs> like he does all these things. I mean, obviously he killed Thor. Mm-hmm. You know, so he does some super shitty stuff. And then like he'll do something, you're like, man, I, I'm just not on board with this Oscalod character. And then he'll turn around and do some profound, you know. <laughs> Giga brain plan. plan. Yeah, grand plan, big picture shit. And you're like, well, I'm on board again. <laughs> and then you just kind of like, mm-hmm, uh, that's sure. kind of how it was the whole show. I was I was getting on the boat, then I'm getting off. I was jumping back and forth, and then I just decided I'm staying on the boat. <laughs> yeah. The horse is packed. Another thing, another thing is like, you think about why would all these men follow Askeladd? And it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Like, this dude's a hero. He's a, like, not only is he just terrifying on the battlefield but he is so smart i mean he does some wild shit like do you remember in france when they carry the the boats into battle yeah that was awesome over their heads and then they they ride it into the like lake behind the fort and just absolutely raw dog it (laughs) yeah that was that was huge brain yeah that was was. cool to see Mm -hmm. it was like you you really get to well the show explains that Oscalog uses all these unconventional methods, but he always wins. And like that was a great example of him just doing some wild shit and yeah. coming out on top. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I want to talk about is like, is Oscalod the hero of this story? In is he opinion, the protagonist? In my opinion, yes. Well, that's the thing, because it's like you talk about Thorfinn, and obviously we see him as a kid and we watch him grow up. But as you get farther into the show, he's not the protagonist anymore it's really oscalod he's a roadblock <laughs> he's a roadblock. yeah dude yeah because one of the big things is that we find out is that he's a descendant from wales mm-hmm. and so he's trying to 
bring his country back to thriving. Yeah. And so his, his way whole, of doing that is to manipulate Canute to gain power. Because he doesn't, his whole, yeah. Like he wants the whales who are the descendants of um, the Roman Celts and that period of the country's history. Um, their whole thing is like non-aggression. They don't, they don't want to get involved in any wars. They just want to take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, but of course you've got these, these crazy, you know, Vikings who just just like to kill and pillage mm-hmm. and do whatever. You know, you you say one bad thing about the Viking king and you're on the shit list. That's <laughs> yeah. just what they are. And so that's Ashlad's way of dealing with that is manipulating the politics in order to get Canute, who who he can manipulate onto the throne, so, so that, that he, he can, can bring- keep whales out of battle, out of conflict. Yeah, which is admirable like that's an admirable goal to have. and it's really interesting because you find out that he has he has royal blood and therefore is like technically the ruler of wales yeah if he was to ascend to that throne mm-hmm. and that like that's his whole goal is to become the king of wales right so it's like damn that that sounds like a protagonist to me exactly like he does but the interesting thing is you don't figure that out until halfway through yeah the whole you think aslaw just a shithead the first few episodes of the show but you just begin to like him yeah you're like i also think they do a good job of like giving you little pieces as you go mm-hmm. so you're like oh i think i think there might be more to ashalot and bjorn and then you get a little bit more and a little bit more and then they just towards the end they're like here's the sauce <laughs> and then you <laughs> yeah. love him yeah exactly you know i think the show does a great job of that i also think this is a good segue into how this show treat how the show like dissects um viking politics and how Mm. fucking stupid they are (laughs) yeah because whatever uh so there is a point in the show like 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 ashalad is about like his whole thing is saving whales but i i am convinced that he gets to a point where he is invested in canute becoming the ruler right you know um so he does invest himself in canute because if canute finds out he kills his uncle and Ashalad basically says, yeah, I did it, but if you spare me, I will serve you. Mm-hmm. And he, he does so, you know, very gracefully. Uh, but as you get to this point in the show, like you're interact, you begin to interact with the Viking court and the scumbag king that they have. Oh, just yeah. How grimy the politics are and stuff. Because it's like, think about it. You've got a bunch of stupid monkey men playing politics now well they're and whole, it's a disaster you realize it towards the end when they're having like the council and they're just talking they just finished this war against england and they won and now they're they're already talking about the next war they're already talking about invading wales but just because wales disrespected them yeah exactly they're like trying to conquer earth and like and like ashalad yeah so that that's a big thing because then ashalad's like oh shit they're gonna invade <laughs> wales wait, wait so, i like wales <laughs> and so he brings it up to the king and he's just like, we have no reason to invade Wales. Like, cause the thing with Wales is like the land is infertile. There it's really mountainous. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the people there are poor. There isn't there isn't really a reason to invade Wales. So he's he's laying out the facts. He's laying out the Microsoft spreadsheet, yep. breaking down he why pulled this up is the a, PowerPoint. Yeah, why this is a next stu- slide. stupid move. And then the king's like Oh, it's not about the resources. It's about the fact that they disrespected us. So it's just <laughs> yeah. like, you are just uh, like a schoolyard bully who has way too much power. <laughs> like, exactly. But that's how Vikings are. Yeah. And that's how they're represented. Like, 
that's another thing that I also like about this show is that no one is a good guy. Yeah. Because you have the Vikings who were supposed to be following this whole time and they are fucking awful mm-hmm. to everyone they meet. Yeah. They're just they're either murdering civilians or they're just beating the shit out of each other. Like yeah, you really they're, understand. They're killing each other. Like you you say one bad thing like hey Zach I don't like your outfit today and I might die. Like <laughs> You know, we're dueling. Yeah, and someone's gonna witness someone's. Death. Yeah, someone's going to Valhalla over that, and it's like, damn, these people are really stupid. Like they are so infatuated with dying well. Yeah, and like you see that because there's that point where the Canute uh, is captured by Thorkel, and the uncle is leading like this small band of troops to get him back, and they do. But then Thorkel knows because he's dealing with other Vikings, all he has to do is insult their honor to force them into a fight. Yeah. And the uncle's like, guys, don't do it. We're, if we get, if we fight them, we're fucked. We don't have enough people. We have the prince. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. But he's like, all of his men are like, oh, oh you insulted my honor. I'm gonna let's go kill him. And it's just like, dude, you're what? Are, what's the plan? And the hilarious part is like this small band of like 200 people 200 soldiers going up against like a thousand yeah they're going up against a thousand just because they were insulted with thorkel who's worth like ten thousand men <laughs> yeah. and it's like do you guys do you guys actually think you can win this like there's no way and but they were insulted That's yeah the thing. and then they just get turned into lunch meat <laughs> yeah. which is like oh surprise they get obliterated yeah that's one okay this reminds me too this is a part of the show that i love because you see ashalad who is a very capable warrior, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have the biggest group of men. So he he's, you know, he's not really in control of an army. He's got his hunt, he's got about a hundred boys, right? And so basically the way Ashalot keeps coming out on top is innovating. Comes up with these innovative plans. So whenever Ashalot saves the, the prince, instead of just running up to Thorkel and trying to axe him like any mm-hmm. other guy would. He starts like a controlled burn forest fire right. and then infiltrates in and pulls him out. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, like we have a a, a real protagonist who can think. Yeah. Who's making smart decisions. Yeah. It's not Ooga Booga. Yeah. Punch him in the head. Yeah. Like, and each time something like this happens, you see why these people are following Ashalad. Like, I, yeah, this well, guy knows and, what's up. And just like as a more of like a meta thing, it's more interesting to watch. You're like, hmm, how, what is Ashalad going to come up with this time? Mm-hmm. because as the show goes on he gets into more like dire and dire situations towards the end he's like man what is he gonna come up with this time yeah and then it's it's just fun to watch it's just fun to watch yeah and you can see like him thinking like on the screen he's like he's coming up with this plan and uncle bjorn's like what are we doing and so that's like hmm, i have an idea <laughs> yeah. no it's gonna be a banger plan forest fire yeah like this this plan is a good, i promise you you will not have thought of what this man is gonna do it's great yeah. Wonderful character. Is it you're you're saying Ashalad? Because that's how it's spelled, but is it do they say Ashalad or They're like know. Ashalado. Ash, they say Ashalad, but I don't know if that's because it's Japanese like inflection or if that's how you I don't know. I'm saying Ashalad, Zach saying Ashalad. It is same. it's spelled He's the like same guy. It, it's spelled like Ashalad. They say it like Ashalad, but I don't know if that's just because it's in Japanese. I don't know either. Yeah. Side note, though, one thing I thought I thought about the show that was really cool was like how they did how they handled language because they're speaking Danish, but they're Englishmen. So yeah, so you your main characters are speaking Danish, but they're talking, they're speaking, they're really on speak screen speaking Japanese, but is understood they're speaking Danish. 
So while two characters are speaking Japanese, if one is a Dane and one's English, they're speaking different languages and they can't understand each other, even though yeah. you are getting what they're saying in Japanese on both ends. So like when Thorfinn meets up with those, the, like the English little house yeah. that he hides out in. And so he only knows Danish and they only know English or whatever language, like old English or whatever. So they don't, they can't talk to each other. But like what you're saying is we get both sides of it. Like they're mm-hmm. both sides are speaking Japanese, but they only understand, they don't understand each other because they yeah. don't know each other. Right. Languages. It's all like a point of view sort of thing. Yeah. Which I think is really clever. Yeah. Cause I was wondering how they were going to do that. Yeah. Cause I was like, wait, so if the main character is speaking Japanese, but he's speaking Danish, are the English going to be, that's actually yeah. a good point. Cause I feel like a worse show would just have every, like usually in bad movies and stuff. It's just, everyone speaks English to each other. Yeah. It's like, like oh you you like you, like a a big example is like uh remember in Wonder Woman eighty four when she sends her message across the world mm-hmm. and though even though like half the world doesn't know English yeah so they exactly. just see this woman on the screen just it, yelling yeah. English it's like okay mm-hmm. what the fuck is that yeah a delineation of languages or you know you have your stereotypical big bad Russian villain who strictly speaks English and it's like you know. There's other languages. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and yeah. And so I just think that's cool. I think that works in an animated show like this. I don't know if it would work in live action as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Cause every, if everyone's speaking English, it kind of throws it off. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was, I think it was great. I loved how they did it. And I just think it was like a, a clever tidbit that they added. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it just adds to the, to the historical accuracy of the show. Yeah. Which is very surprising. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think you can probably tell that we both really like this show. Oh, yeah. I would 100% recommend it. I think one of the things that makes the show so strong, too, is like this season one is kind of like a standalone thing because for the, for the people who have read the manga, they've kind of talked about how the main character kind of breaks away and does his own thing. So he kind of leaves this uh, this world that they focused on. So it's nice because in, if season two is really, really bad, <laughs> yeah. then it's not going to ruin. Happen. It's not going to ruin how good season one is. Oh yeah. Also, Ashalot dies. So I don't think season two is going to be as good. Ashalot yeah. dies in the best way possible. Oh yeah. We should probably talk about that. It's be- dude. It's so good. Can, yeah. I, can I talk about it? Go in. <laughs> I love this man. So, you know, we're talking about this scummy Viking court and the whole thing, the ki- the king, King Swin basically tried to get Canute killed because he wanted the stronger brother to take the throne to galvanize the people. That didn't work because Ashlot said, fuck that. So <laughs> now they're back in the court. The king's got to play nice because there's these rumors circulating from Ashlot that the king tried to kill the prince. So the king kind of gives Ashlot an ultimatum. Um, imp- like He kind of like whispers to him. Like, you get to choose Canute or Wales. Because this is after he just said, we're going to attack Wales for shits and giggles. You're right. And so, yeah. So, the king says, you can help me kill Canute and we won't attack Wales. Or you can keep Canute alive and do whatever you want, but we're going to destroy that country. Like, that thing is going <laughs> to, we're going to glass it. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, like, you're wondering, like, damn, what's he going to do? And Ashad says you are so ugly just in front of all these people. And everyone's like, damn, whoa, what? And Ashalot draws a sword and cuts this dude's head off. 
Yeah. And he acts like he's going crazy. He starts screaming like, I'm the king of Wales and all this. And I'm, like I'm the, the reincarnation of... of King Arthur. And yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm the rightful king of Britannia. And so Canute and everyone else are like, well, we have to stop him. So they're all attacking. He's just cutting through these guys like butter. <laughs> I mean, he is he's yeah. doing it. And then as the audience, you're like, damn, what's happening? And then Canute whispers to Thorkel, he just, he just, Chose, he just like stopped from having to choose between whales and me. He sacrificed himself to get both. Because he he's acting crazy to kill the king. And in that way, he did not have to choose between Canute uh, taking the throne and attacking whales. So Canute ends up having to kill um, to kill Ashalad because right. it's it's Viking still. And even and Thorkel in this profound moment is like the, <laughs> the like all this work has created this stage for you. Don't waste it. It has to be you. Mm-hmm. So he kills, he kills Ashalad and takes the throne basically. And now Wales is also safe. Right. So he just goes out in the best way possible. I mean, he just being big brain. Yeah. Just, just like being, how he is. Yeah. He, he sets the landscape for everything he needs to happen to happen. And then this is also where we see Thorfinn just consumed by the fact that he wasn't the one who was able to kill Ashalad. And you see the calm, you see what happens when someone has spent their entire life trying to get revenge and then see, they just don't get it. Yeah, this is what I absolutely love because I like we talked about this earlier, but revenge stories are pretty basic. And one of the things is that they can be really interesting. They can be interesting if you do them well. Last of Us 2 fucking sucked. And that, that, you know, I have a a sore spot when it comes to that. So when I see something like this, it really brings to light, like how good a story like this can be if you have any sort of fucking talent or any, any sort of thought or planning going into your story. It, It really works wonders because you have Thorfinn who's consumed by this rage and he's just, his whole life is getting revenge. So he has nothing else. There's nothing left. Dude, I thought, I didn't realize you had started recording. And like when I was looking away, I just thought you were roasting the last of us <laughs> to yourself. Well, yeah, I do tend to do that from time to time. I'll just go on these But rants. no, Zach, Zach's right. And the show is, if anything, consistent with Dwarfin's character. Because as he's like holding Ashalad's body, you want him to be like, I forgive you or something. Like you want him to kind of come to terms with it but he but can't he can't he just like this moment where like this person in his life is dying and the the only thing he can scream is it was it should have been me like, <laughs> yeah. like i was supposed to like he keeps saying like we have to get out of here you have to live so i can kill you and it's like yeah. dude you are so fucked in the head thorfinn that's like, the it thing is amazing that well, honestly it's, it's amazing like, it amazing how gone this he's like is. ugly crying losing his shit because this this opportunity is like slipping between his fingers. And then you see Ashalad who's saying, who says like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life now that I'm dead? He's like, I bet you haven't thought about it. Exactly. Exactly. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And like, it really drives home. Like revenge is terrible. Yeah. How it can consume Like he's you. wasted his whole because life. Like, what do you do when, so like if your dad died and you're hunting the guy who killed him for uh, 10 years and you finally get there and he's dead. Yeah. What do you do? You're just like, wow. I'll probably, I'll probably ugly cry like Thorfinn. I'll be making <laughs> some banshee noises like he was because he's really fucking losing it. And he's just a dick to um, Leaf, 
who found him. So yeah, oh, yeah. So oh, we didn't even talk about Leaf. We didn't talk about Leaf. That is important. So Leaf, Leaf Erickson, like the man himself, is in the show. He's he's tight with Thor, uh, Thor's family, and when he sees Thor die, his entire mission is to bring Thorfinn home, and he spends these eleven years doing that, and he finds Thorfinn at the end of the show, and is trying to get him to come home, and Thorfinn just says, "Fuck that." I'm getting revenge. I do not care about my family. I don't care about home. I'm killing this dude. Um, so you see him like turning. You see him just act like such a dick to this character that loves him. And is honestly probably the only character who actually loves him in like a normal way. Like I, you yeah. can make the argument that like Ashalad loves him in like a. It's a weird a, way. It's a weird roundabout way. Is like. I think Ashla would still kill him if he had to, if that yeah. makes sense. But like Leaf is like a normal, like, like uncle kind of who's just like, I just want you to come home. Like, I don't want you to throw your life away trying to get revenge. I told your I told your dad I would do it. And so, yeah, you see him just totally throw that relationship away. And as they're dragging Thorfinn away, he's just falling apart. It's like, man, that's ugly. <laughs> that's really yeah. ugly. I mean, it was Thorfinn's one chance to have a life again, and he threw it away for revenge. Yeah, he just became this Damn. monster. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's going to be the interesting thing about season two is where Thorfinn goes and what he decides to do. I yeah, I mean, I think if season two is going to do well, they're really going to have to develop Thorfinn because Uncle Ashalad and or Ashalad and Uncle Bjorn, Bjorn are not around to to backpack this show anymore, and I think we're leaving characters like Canute and Thorkel behind. Right. I think we're moving we're moving west. <laughs> so I think exactly. it's going to be a little bit different. So Thorfinn's really going to have to get better cuz I mean he's like just a feral animal this whole show, which I get, but it's mm-hmm. like that can't carry a show by like itself. Like it might season 2 just might be sad boy hours. Yeah. For like half the season. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see how they do it cuz I don't know. I don't know the story or anything like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. it so. could be it could be interesting, but at the same time, like what you were talking about, if it is terrible, we still have season one. And That's I feel right. like it's a well done, wrapped up story. Yeah. In Regardless itself. of how season two is. Yeah. We're exactly. reviewing season one. Zach, <laughs> what are your closing thoughts on this? Oh, it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. The art is gorgeous. The characters are interesting. The story is well paced. I think all the relationships are fully. Um, they're fully realized between each character mm-hmm. and the revenge stuff is fantastic. It's some of the best revenge story I've ever seen. Askeladd is amazing as a character. Um, I think I would, I'm, I think I would give it a 10. I, I, there are some problems like, like Canute's thing that we talked about, mm-hmm. but honestly thinking back on it, that's my only problem. I think. Yeah, is, is that and it's not even that it was just like wholly terrible mm-hmm. it was just very quickly paced yeah and so it's like all the pieces are there i think i would give it a 10 i i loved it yeah fully recommend i and i think i echo that everything about this show in this season specifically is amazing from the development of the characters action and fight choreography the art is stunning nothing ever lags behind or seems neglected in its development every part of the show is quite literally just amazing um i said this to zach earlier and i stand by it it is the best like 
standalone season of any anime or I think any TV show I've seen. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's from, a hot take. From a TV show standpoint, just if you were to take one season, I think this is one of the best. Yeah, it's so definitely up there. I, I also feel on that, by that logic, I feel compelled to also give it a 10 out of 10. Like it's some of the best content I've ever seen compressed yeah. to a single season. We absolutely loved it. Yeah. I just, I feel bad because I've only rated anime highly on this show. I would also say, bad. I think one of the things that I think is getting better about anime, it's one, it's becoming a lot more popular like in Western it's mainstream. culture. It's becoming mainstream. So a lot of the weird shit that you, that you used to get tacked on anime that you kind of had to put up with is kind of getting thrown out. Yeah. And like this show is an excellent show for someone who may want to get into anime, I think. Like mm -hmm. it's pretty normal. It's you know definitely I mean? exaggerated. It's, it's exaggerated, but... But there's nothing like unrealistic, I would yeah. say. I would also say like the exaggerated anime tone is like kind of what makes anime anime. It's like yeah. what separates like a Western animation from mm -hmm. anime. So, and I think that's kind of what makes it entertaining at times. It can be right. really good. Um, but no, I think, I think it's a very accessible show to someone who wants to give it a shot. And it's interesting. I mean, I learned shit, honestly, like some historical background watching this show. It mm -hmm. got me interested. I, I did some Google searches off of it. So I think overall it's really strong and I would recommend it to someone who hasn't necessarily watched this kind of content before. For sure. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us on this on this on this saga, on this journey. We'll A saga, you, you could say. Yes. Uh -huh. We'll catch you next time. See you later. See you guys.